How's it going, guys? And welcome back to another episode of The Green Machine. And so, as always, I hope that everyone is is keeping well and, most importantly, staying safe. So, in the last few weeks, we've had a few... ...get some interviews with, with some players. And I've kind of mentioned before that I, you know... In something that I do, but um, I have actually reached out to um, to a player, um, not a not an active Irish player per se, but a very interesting Irish player um, slash Dutch player, which kind of gives it away. So our guest on the podcast today is Barry Maguire. So Barry's a Dutch-born footballer who came to the attention of Irish football about a decade ago um, when he was in a tug of war between the Irish and the Dutch FA. So he's enjoyed a really successful career over the last 14 years um, in the Netherlands, in Norway, in the League of Ireland as well, and currently in Singapore, and you're only 30, Barry. <laughs> I know. How did you manage to get all that in? Uh, started so how, early. Yeah, you, you made your debut fairly, fairly. you're only about 16 or 17. Yeah, I was 16 when I uh, made my debut for the first team, yeah, that's true. And that was with Den, Den Bosch, was it? Yeah, that's true, yeah, Den Bosch, I uh, played there in the youth academy, and then uh, since I was nine, and then uh, yeah, made my debut when I was 16. Yeah, so I mean, a, a a really early bloomer, and I mean, in terms of Dutch football, I mean, we're all we're all fair Dutch system, and the amount of great players that have come through the Dutch system and have come through the Dutch youth system as well. So coming through at sixteen is pretty impressive, you know, because even some of the best the best Dutch players don't come through at sixteen or seventeen. They're they're yeah, true. No, I, I was looking. Or I was a little bit lucky with that because uh, there were are a lot of injuries in the first team. And uh, I was playing in, in the 19s, and previously the year before, I already played some games with the second team. And that season, the one of the assistant coaches from the first team was our was the head coach on the 19 team. And yeah, I did well in the first couple of months of the season, and then because uh, of a couple of injuries, I got a chance to to start a couple of games, and I never left the team after that. Yeah, and then and then that meant that you you got to move into the Arisa Divisi uh, with with Utrecht. And I mean, uh, excuse me for my pronunciations with Dutch teams, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 sounds good. No, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Super, but that that was kind of that was a big break for Barry because I mean, it was going into the Dutch first here, and I I suppose that's when when you kind of came to the attention of the Irish media here because um, we might move on to. You know, you playing for for Ireland at under fifteen level in a couple of minutes, but I mean, yeah. your 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 career kind of with, with Utrecht was was pretty impressive because I mean, one memory that springs to mind for myself, as you know, like in Ireland, a lot of people kind of follow. They might necessarily support Celtic, but they follow them, you know, quite closely yeah. because of the Irish connection. And you scored against Celtic in the in the Europa League. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we uh, won the playoffs for European League football the the year before in the Dutch league. And yeah, for the third round of the qualifiers, we had to play uh, against Celtic, and yeah, the, the, we lost two zero away. But then the home game, uh, we won and I scored, so that was uh, yeah, it was a great night. And like you said, a lot of uh, Irish people follow the Celtic fans, so uh, yeah, they definitely got the attention there. It was a nice goal as well, Barry. Yeah, it was not bad at all. It was actually pretty nice. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's from fairly fairly long range from what I remember. And um and I mean in that Utrecht team you played with like you played with Dries Mertens, I think, and Ricky Vaughan. You know, you played with some fairly decent players. Michael Vorm as well, I think he's playing for Spurs. So they were all part of that team or as far as I know, were they? Yeah, it was like uh we had a really good team, but at that point in time, like they were we weren't that big because our the players were if you, you 
you know, uh, normally you don't know that the players are going to be that big, but we actually had a, like you said, we had a, a really good team with some uh, players who, yeah, got really big afterwards and they made some great transfers after after that season. And uh, yeah, we did really, or we did pretty well in the group stages too, because uh, after Celtic, we were in the group stages with Liverpool, Napoli, and there were, all of those games were a draw, so we did pretty well in the group stages too. Yeah, because you played in Anfield. I remember, like, I, I'm not... Breen, who's who's one of the other presenters on the show, is a, is a massive Liverpool fan. But um, I was on to Breen during the week and he said he remembered you playing playing in Anfield. Because around that time, um, you know, I, you were definitely on the Irish radar. The first time I heard of you, Barry, I used to contribute to um, to an Irish website called the, called the Green Scene. It sounds a little bit like the Green Machine, but the Green Scene, it was, it was run by Aircom, who were sponsoring the Irish national team at the... At and you kind of there. There was a lot of articles floating around about you. This is kind of around two thousand and eight. So this is a this is a good few years ago, and yeah. um and and a lot of a lot of people were kind of like I I don't know if you could confirm or, or deny this, but a lot of um a lot of outlets certainly in Ireland were linking you with um like you know there's paper talk and all kinds of things, but they they were linking you with Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, um and then there was a couple more that were linking you with the likes of PSV and and Ajax. So. You were very, you were very well thought of in the Dutch system. Never mind the Irish system, but the the Irish media were certainly, certainly after you to kind of, you know, hoping. And and you played for the Irish under sixteen. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because you know we've heard different stories of of how you got on there, and I suppose that was probably for was was Ireland. Uh yeah, and then after the the Celtic game, uh, I think it was two thousand ten. Uh yeah, after that period, like uh the season four I didn't play that much, so I was about to actually uh leave Utrecht that summer. But uh they told me as soon as we if we would qualify for the group stages, I uh couldn't leave. And so and I scored a goal, so I was doing or after that I was doing really well. Um the Iris FA contacted me, they invited me to come to the Ireland Russia game. So I went to that game, I uh, met uh, Trapattoni at that time I spoke to him after the game right. uh, and I was supposed to uh, get a call up for the next friendly games that were uh, supposed to be in March and I think it was like Scotland and Wales that playing um, yeah, so they, yeah they, I got my Irish I, yeah. Nations Cup, yeah. I yeah so I got my Irish passport I put in all the, oh, the Irish FA put in all the paperwork for that but uh, yeah in the January window there were some problems at my club at Utrecht and I didn't play any games anymore so obviously because of that I didn't get the call up so I was really close to getting to the yeah. national team in Ireland and playing for that but unfortunately uh, yeah other things happened yeah it, it was disappointing because I remember at the time um, I'm not sure if you're aware if you're aware yourself but but there was a lot of um, there was a lot of negativity by the way the Russia game probably wasn't a good one for you to go to because we got tons <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, yeah I know I know I know yeah, I know, but for me it was only like already amazing to just be there and get the invitation from the Irish FA and stuff yeah. like that. So, of course, the result wasn't that good, but for me, other <laughs> things were on my mind at that point in time. Yeah, and speaking to a guy like Trapatone as well, and uh, but but around that time, the the big talking point was the Irish midfield because um, Andy, a, a very very gifted player who who would have played for us years ago, was playing so well for I think he was with Sunderland at the time. And then there was Steve Reed again, all the Reeds, but uh, Stephen Reed who'd done really well with us before, and and neither of them could get into the 
into the team because they were too um too tech. I know this sounds crazy, but Trapattoni saw them as too technically gifted. He wanted real grafters in that midfield, and Darren Gibson. I mean, he was playing for Manchester, and, and you know he wasn't getting a look in either. And Stephen Ireland. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know the story with Stephen Ireland. He 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 wasn't really available either. And and we were really screaming out for like you know a technically gifted central midfielder because we had Glenn Wee and Keith Andrews at the time, and they were look good players in, in their own right, but very grafty, not really good on the ball. That Russia game, if if my memory serves me correctly, Paul Green um was starting in in centre mid, and you know it was kind of one of those things where you know Green was about twenty eight when he declared for Ireland, and I think the only reason he got in is because someone in the FAI was related to him. And we were kind of looking as fans, looking at these players, looking at Green and looking at maybe not Whelan, because, I mean, Whelan was quite well established in the Premier League. Yeah. And and a lot of us were thinking, this guy, Maguire, he, he's playing he's playing in Holland. He's playing the Europa League. He's he's very technically gifted. Like, surely he's ahead of Paul Green. You know, I, I mean, I, I know it's not your business to kind of um, put down another player, but... But even even on the Russia game or maybe other games you watched, did, did you believe yourself that you were good enough to be in that Ireland squad, even though you're only about 21 at the time? Yeah, no, I like you said, like uh, the Dutch playing style is a little bit, or we play a little bit different, especially at that time. And I was playing really well at my club, especially since that summer, like the European qualifying, European games, and then the, the league games. So I think I definitely could have at least. If I get the chance, then maybe contribute to the team and see where it goes because it's always difficult to say like, "Hey, you're good enough or not good enough," uh, in a team For or sure. with with a with a uh, national team with a different playing style and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I would have loved to see uh, if I could have made a difference. Like that is always the the question that keeps popping up. Like, could I have made a difference at all? Like, how would it have gone if I could have had a chance and things would have gone different? But yeah, it's difficult to say. But uh, yeah, we never know. Yeah, you were you were cert- you certainly would have been a different option. And I mean, uh, as I mentioned already, it was kind of that era where Trapattoni was just really reluctant to play exciting players who were good on the ball. But you know, you're you're more kind of a defensive. If I'm wrong, Barry, but like around the time you were playing more as a kind of defensive midfielder than anything. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, I when yeah no, I when I first came to uh, to Utrecht, uh, we got the the. Yeah, one of the biggest football players in Holland, uh, Willem van Hanegem. The yeah, he was the head yeah. coach, and uh, yeah, he wanted he really wanted to play football, so he wanted to play uh, with a number with one defensive midfielder, but who was always uh, wanted to play football too. So no, not only the the number six, like who was just uh, defensively, but also comfortable on the ball. And uh, yeah, so I, I was playing all my games there. So it was kind of like almost like a quarter, like if you think of American football, like a quarterback role for a year. You're playing kind of in that defensive role, but you have to be quite adept with your passing and your dribbling. A bit like Perlo and so on, that kind of number, yeah. number six role almost. Um, so it's it's strange yeah. because, I mean, Trapattoni loved the holding midfielder. He loved the defensive midfielder. And, and you kind of offered the balance. You offered the balance between the defensive and the attack. So it was strange. And I think around the same time, Barry, um, James McCarthy was coming through and he played the same age as you. And he's, he's a similar yeah, guy, true. you know, kind of came through the first team at 50. Hamilton and you know a lot of people were saying it would be it would be interesting to have a Scott and a and a Dutch player in the field <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 very, but very balanced players you know yeah and that's what I've seen like I think uh, it doesn't really matter where you come from I think it's, it's even maybe better if you have uh, players from with a different background and different playing style 
because, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes it only more interesting for the team, and you have even more options to for a playing style you want to play. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I'd, I'd agree. And like, and you are seeing things from different systems because in the last few years, and you've played in the League of Ireland, Barry. A lot of our current national team players, the likes of um, Seamus Coleman, James McLean, like they came through the League of Ireland, and it's it's not a new had kind of um, Irish players graduating from the League of Ireland and going on to that national team because I mean Roy Keane played in the League of Ireland and Steve Staunton played in the League of Ireland but when you have that blend of as you said you know players from maybe Holland players who've maybe learned their trade in Scotland guys who've gone over and gone into the academy or guys who've, who've played in the League of Ireland it's good to have that blend of style because traditionally I suppose in Ireland we're, yeah. we're British based players like when you were growing up, would you have been aware of the likes of, say, David Connolly? Because I know he was playing, he played a bit for Feyenoord. Uh, yeah, of course. If there's like uh, an Irish player in Holland, that's or especially if they're they're English or like more of the Scandinavian uh, youth players in Holland or playing in the in the in the first division, you always know them because there are not that many young foreign players in Holland yeah. or maybe besides maybe besides Ajax and PSV have a couple ones because they got the money but besides that it's like it's always interesting you know, like especially those media they love the young players they love seeing them in the first team and uh, yeah that, the, that the, the professional teams give the young players a chance so yeah no, you, you always hear them see them in a, when you grow up in Holland yeah because his, his record was pretty good at the time I think he like 40 goals in 42 games, I think. Now, that was in the second division. It was still pretty good. Um, you know, and... and <laughs> That's of, definitely good, yeah. <laughs> Not bad for the, the second division either way. So, Barry, when, when you were kind no. of underage... So, sorry, but when you, when you were kind of underage, Barry, um, playing underage, I think it was 2005 you played for Ireland um, in Dublin. And, and you played against Northern Ireland, was it, for the, the under-16s? Uh yeah, I think it was on the fifteen, yeah, on the fifteen or on the sixteen, yeah. Yeah, and and some something that baffles me about that. Now, you know the story better than me because you were there, but I heard you only got fifteen minutes, and and something that kind of baffles me a little yeah. bit about that. Even even years ago, when I first kind of saw this story, um, like a lot of those players, surely they would have been playing in Ireland, and surely the the coaches and the the scouts would have been used to seeing. If you bring a guy over from Holland who's pretty good, you know, he's only a couple of years away from a first-team debut, surely you want to give him more game time to to see what he can do because, you know, you, you probably don't have that many FBI scouts going over to, to Holland, but, I mean, they're going to be watching the other guys every week. So that must have been disappointing for you, Barry, naturally. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's exactly how you're telling it. That's, that's exactly true. Uh, yeah, and I was really excited to get over there and get an invitation from the FA to come over and play a play a game and yeah to my surprise and everybody's surprise around me I only got a couple minutes uh, in there and like you say I think all the other guys were from Ireland so they should have already seen them before or know them yeah for and, sure. yeah no and I played that game and didn't hear anything after it well and, and are there any guys from that team that that you're aware of now that are playing professionally or do you remember any of them? <laughs> I have, I have, I have no clue. No clue. I don't remember. I, I, I don't, don't remember any names at that time yeah. because I'm already there. Like I was like fifteen at that time, and you're totally new. You're not familiar, or especially when you when you go to Ireland, the the English that you hear at that point is not the same English <laughs> that you hear on yes, TV. Exactly. It's all the the accent. So you're already like 
a little bit nervous getting there, different kind of names, uh, and you're only there for a couple of days. So, like, it's basically only focusing on the football because you do want to do really well when you're there. So you're not really focusing on any teammates or players like that yeah, when you're playing yeah. right there. And and, yeah. and I don't remember any names 15 years later now. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're there to impress rather than make friends. Yeah, I mean, you were, you're kind of the 1989 bracket. So, like, I suppose, like, the likes of Kill- the only the only players I could think of randomly a real obscure player, Killian Sheridan. He's played in about 10, like yourself, he's played in a good few different countries. Mm. He's the only guy I can think of that, that might've been on that team, but no, no one's spring it to mind. I know James McLean was born the same year as you, but I don't think he played for Ireland. I don't, he was playing for Northern Ireland at the time. He wasn't even playing for, for the mm. Republic. So, um, ironically, um, Wim Cooverman, so a guy who's a big part in your career, he, he, he got you into the, the Dutch underage system. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played my first, or yeah, of course, because I was already playing in the first team when I was 16. I got a call up for the Dutch national team under 18, and yeah, he was there. So uh, yeah, that was the first time I played for the yeah for the Dutch national youth system. Um, note that um that you would have played with kind of coming through. Oh yeah, I would get yeah, So I played for the under 18, 19, uh, 20, and 23s. Uh, I was there with uh, Wijnaldum from Liverpool now. Wow. Uh, uh, Tim Krill, the goalkeeper from uh, Norwich City. Yeah. He was in goal. Uh, Leroy Fair, he plays for Feyenoord now, but he played for Swansea. Yeah, Swansea and Norwich. I think. Uh, yeah, Swansea and Norwich. Uh, Ferdinand Anita, who played for Newcastle United. Uh, Sim de Jong, who also played for Newcastle. Uh, he played for Ajax, but then in England he was for Newcastle United. Uh, he's in the MLS right now. Uh, yeah, there were. I think the whole team, like, was oh, yeah, most of the teams, all the it's only Ajax, PSV, Feyenoord, and a couple of players who like play overseas maybe already when they're uh, like on the 21s and the 23s, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, a couple of big names were playing in those yeah, teams, you definitely play with a lot of talent, especially you know, Van, Van Aldem is there's so many Liverpool fans in Ireland that, um, you know, he, he's definitely a name that springs to mind. I think it's impossible to kind of uh, you know, play for the Netherlands for a few not play with some unbelievable players <laughs> you know it's such a it's such a yeah that's that's yeah and and yeah and, it's and unbelievable I, if you see uh and they're kind of they're on the way up again the, the netherlands aren't they because they had a bit of a blip um the last few years i mean they weren't at the last euros um or the last world cup where, where they seem to be under under ronald koeman so that's good to see um yeah yeah, they had a couple of difficult, uh, difficult years with uh, the balance was a little bit gone with uh, the, the the big generation with uh, Snyder, Robert. They were getting older, didn't know how to play, and a couple of guys like the young players were coming up. But uh, no, they're, the team's doing pretty well now. They're on the up, certainly, you know, and it's and it's and it's great to yeah. see because you know I think I think any kind of international tournament with the Netherlands in it is is a more entertaining one anyway. Um, and they're a bogey team, and this this is what makes it more interesting. Um, you know, when it came to yourself and when it came to that kind of tug of war, because I think it was around uh, 2009 and, and I think Don Gibbons was the under-21 manager at the time. And there have been reports you've been included in the team to play Germany. And then there have been reports that you hadn't been play Germany. And like that team, that under-21 team, I think was on a, on a decent role. I think, I, I don't think they were on top of the group, but they were certainly doing okay. I think they drawn with Germany in, in Dublin. Um, but but at that stage you're in the you're in the Dutch setup and you actually played against Ireland underage as well, didn't you, for the Netherlands? 
Yeah, true. We had uh oh, I was playing for the after the now before that to get it started in the beginning. Like I played that on the game and under sixteens and after that I didn't hear anything from the FA anymore. Yeah. Uh then I started playing from the under eighteens in uh in Holland with the national setup and didn't hear anything from Ireland and suddenly we're playing or the the program's coming up and we're playing a friendly game against Ireland. And they they said Oh, for me, for, no, for me, it was fine because there was no choice for me anyway, because I only was playing, I only got an invitation from the Dutch uh, setup and not from the Irish. So for me, yeah. it was, I got like, oh, it's amazing to play against Ireland because they, I can show myself too what they're missing out on basically or what they may, or that's how you feel at that point. And then suddenly there were, came a news article came out that I uh, chose for Holland and I refused to play for the for the Irish setup. And that was really weird for me because I didn't hear anything back f- for a couple of years. And then suddenly they said uh, they invited me and that I didn't want to play for Ireland. And that was not true at all. Yeah. So it was kind of, you know, they kind of they kind of manipulated the situation in a way which, which wasn't good. And it, it kind of shows, you know, you mentioned already, you met with Trapatoni, you were going to play for Ireland at senior level anyway. You know, so it's it's unfortunate that they that they kind of viewed it like that. And I, ironically, as as well, it was Wim Kuvermans who actually did, did. He get in contact with you when 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 you kind of came back into the the reckoning with Ireland, or when you came back into the, I suppose, the eye line of Ireland when when you met Trapattoni. Was was that Kuvermans, or, or or was that someone else who made contact? Uh no, yeah, I know he was still there, and I I think he made the connection that I was still playing, of course, because he's following the Dutch football and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I didn't spoke, I didn't speak to him at that point in time. I just got the invitation from the FA. Uh, was perfectly set up, by the way. Like compliments for them. They invited me. Everything was arranged. Uh, picked me up from the from the airport. Uh, everything perfectly arranged with the game. Met Trapattoni after, and yeah, everything was going well. Only the only thing I, I didn't do well was uh, my handlings at the club, and I didn't play anymore. Otherwise, uh, I would have played those friendly. Yeah, games. it was it was bad timing more than anything. Um, not to not to dwell over it, but like it was the you know it was the Nations Cup, the Celtic Nations Cup, I think it was called at the time, and they were they were certain they if you have a friendly match, these were even more friendly <laughs> because they were they were almost played. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm I'm saying friendly because there's not like European or World Cup qualifiers, but there was nothing friendly about it. It's only like difficult to like it's only were not official qualifying games. Yeah. Exactly. They they would have been interesting though for for you to come in because you know that a lot of players kind of made their break in in that and I suppose it's unfortunate that there that there were so many things that kind of almost went against you that season and um you know it, it is unfortunate. Uh, one question I did want to ask you, Barry, and I'm sure you're aware of this in the last couple of years in terms of Irish football and and I three weeks ago talking about the granny rule and talking about players with dual nationality because. You've probably seen in the media Declan Rice um, saga, the Jack Grealish saga. Michael Keane is another guy. There was kind of a tug of war between Ireland, England and Ireland. And I, and I did an episode talking about the the complexities of having dual nationality because I myself have dual, dual nationality. I'm, my, my father was Portuguese. And I kind of okay. understand how you, can, you, how, how you can support two national teams. I'm not a footballer, but you are. <laughs> How like how how complex is it when you know when you're kind of choosing between two teams? Because for a lot of Irish fans, 
and this is something I don't agree with with Irish fans. They kind of say, well, you, you're either English or you're either Irish or you're Dutch. Like, it's a lot more complicated than that, isn't it? It's not simply one or the other. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely not one or the other. I think maybe it's a little more complicated with uh, the, the Irish and the English than the Irish and the yeah. Dutch. Absolutely. Especially, Absolutely. like, just like this. And this, <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, the rivalry is a little bit different than the Irish and the Dutch. So, I, I like, I can't talk about that one. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not that black and white. Like, you don't say, like, oh, I'm Irish or I'm Dutch. I mean, it also depends a little bit. Thing. Like, I grew up in, in Holland. So, uh, that makes it a little bit more like my my family lives there, friends are living in Holland, I grew up there. So let's say like, oh uh like I'm Dutch. Yeah. But then when I'm in Holland and everybody see, sees my last name, nobody thinks that I'm Dutch. Like if they only <laughs> see me on paper or on TV, like with playing football and they see and they see my last name, nobody is expecting that I I even I I mean, I grew up in Holland. Uh I played in the youth academies in, in or youth academy in Holland. I made it to the first team there. I met fan supporters i did interviews after the game and they started talking in english really when we were in holland and i go like yeah and after and i i just started english back then because my english was already decent enough to do the interviews in england back then and and i go like yeah sure and then after the interview somebody walks by and he asks me like the guy from the media and he talks dutch to me and i start talking Dutch (laughs) back and then the guy the guy woman who does the interview he looks at me like oh you speak dutch i go like (laughs) Yeah, of course. Like, he's got good Dutch for an Irish guy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But then they don't hear any accent in my Dutch. So they looked really weird at me. They go like, oh, so you're like, you're Dutch? They're like, yeah, like, whatever, whatever you want. We can do it in English. We can do it in Dutch. No problem. It's it's a bit like that. Um, do you remember that, that, that clip of Steve McLaren a few years ago doing the Dutch accent during the press conference? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they probably thought you were just doing a, yeah. a, a Dutch impression. Yeah, so it's funny. So it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like in Holland you're Irish and in 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 Ireland you're Dutch. <laughs> yeah, definitely because I played uh for a season in in Ireland, and uh okay, then if you see my name on the sheet, you think oh he's Irish, but nobody in the team would think that I was Irish <laughs> because my accent is definitely definitely not Irish when you hear me speak. <laughs> definitely not. No. Definitely, definitely, definitely <laughs> would, have, would have stood out. But it's, it's, it's certainly, as you said, it's, it's not black and white. And, and you did mention that it is a little bit different, you know, the English and Irish connection, because we're kind of, you know, there, there's a bit of history there, um, political-wise, but also football-wise, we, we, we'd be big rivals. So when you see the likes of um, Grealish and the likes of Rice, you know, playing for Ireland the whole way up. I mean, Rice played senior games for Ireland. Uh, he sang the national anthem. Yeah. So when you see these guys all of a sudden jumping ship, do you do you empathise with them a little bit? Like, do you do you kind of do you get where they're coming from? Uh, yeah, it's difficult to say because I've never been really in that situation. Maybe like playing already for the national team and then making a switch. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 a little maybe you can compare it a little bit like before a lot of the, a lot of the players at the the highest level like when you're playing for United and stuff like that they would stay at the same club for a long time and now already you're seeing that like the last five to ten years that a lot even at the highest level a lot of players are changing clubs to bigger clubs or yes. even from one big club to another big club you understand what I mean like it's not normally like if you see a, a Roy Keane he played for United 
or uh, like his whole career, or basically, like he played for United, but he basically had a chance, or Gerard and stuff like that. He played for Liverpool, and they never went to another club or to another team. And nowadays, you see teams or the bigger players even switching from one big club to another big club. You know, maybe to win a prize, and they think yeah. maybe they have a bigger chance to win to win with England or go to a World Cup and stuff like that to be in a national team there. And I know it's 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 really difficult for people like for fans and stuff like that to uh relate to that but i maybe that's like something where those players are thinking of too because everybody wants to play a european uh go to the european championships or to the world cup and stuff like that and then yeah it just like increases the chance a little bit are it sounds hard but like if you think about it realistically like the the chances to going with to a world cup or winning a world cup with england or with ireland are a little bit different yeah because i think realistically and i love the irish team but if you have um, if you have the opportunity to, I mean, if 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 England or Ireland are going to win the World Cup first, it's going to be England. <laughs> you know, there's there's no doubt about it. So. Yeah, but but I know that, that like all the Irish people are going like, yeah, we don't, or of course you care about it, but we don't care about winning it. We care about playing for the national yeah. team. You know what I mean? Like it's more the honor of playing for the national team than winning with the national team. For like, sure. You mean winning the World Cup for the, with the national team. For sure. So it's almost like, say, say the likes of Rice, I think a big argument for fans was, well, it, would he not prefer to get one? Well, he got three Irish caps, but uh, <laughs> but one competitive Irish cap yeah. and um, never play again. Or would, yeah. or would he prefer the doing well with England? So I, I, I think that that was something that, that certainly conflicted with people. But, but as I said, Barry, um, you're quite unique perspective because you do have a couple of nationalities. You know, you're you're Dutch and and Irish, um, where a lot of people making that argument might necessarily be able to to relate to it. So I think I think it's interesting to to get your view on that. Um, quick quick kind of question on your career. So like you played on you played in a lot of countries. Um, well, when I say a lot of countries, you played in the Gulf, you played in Norway, um, you played here. Like you're playing in Singapore. Was it true you had a couple of offers to go to the MLS in South Africa as well? Uh, yeah, not true. Uh, I went to Norway because the the league in Holland ends in July and MLS uh, starts in uh, January or the preseason starts in January. So I needed like a six months overlay to do something right. or do something. I wanted to I wanted to keep on playing and uh, the Dutch teams, they didn't want to. Uh, just let me play for six months because otherwise I would be out of the team uh, halfway through the season. So the season in the season in Norway is the same like the MLS. Uh, so I went to Norway to play there or sign only for six months. So I could uh, go to the MLS in uh, January, but I got an injury in uh, early October there. So then everything didn't go through. Yeah, it's 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 another kind of um, incident of kind of bad timing and just an unfortunate event. Um, you know, but 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 it kind of shows. Yeah. Um, it shows that as a footballer, and are are, are you aware of Killian, the the, the Irish footballer? Um, he be he he's he's played in he's played in a good few countries. Like he's played in New Zealand, he's played in Poland. I think he played in Cyprus for a while. So, are you do you do you find that your career has given you a really good opportunity to travel the world? Oh yeah, no, definitely. I think okay, it's it's difficult to say, but I think uh, uh, after even looking back now, I think I should have gone after I went or finished uh, when I left Utrecht. I should have gone abroad, like overseas. I already had at that time. I had a couple of offers uh, to go uh, abroad at that point, but I, I wanted to play in Holland for another t- two years at least, just to 
I don't know, like uh, get a lot of games at the highest level and make a big transfer at that point after two years. But uh, no, no, now looking back, it I should have gone abroad uh, earlier. Yeah, and I suppose Holland is is one of those countries where it wouldn't be as. I mean, you have. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want to eat my own words here because I mean, Ajax did get to the final last year but it's 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 not it wouldn't be as big as say the premier league or syria but it is kind of um it's really like a supermarket for big leagues isn't it because some of the best players do come from from the dutch league and i mean a lot of a lot of them will go to germany and so yeah no true yeah no because it's less, especially in uh in the dutch league a lot of they give a lot of young players a chance to to start every game the whole season and i think there's nothing more important for a young player doesn't matter. Use 18, 19, 21, 22 to play every single week. And yeah, no, in Holland, a lot of players get a, a chance to to already play first team football. And I think that's a big advantage for a lot of players. So that's why they already get a chance to go to the the bigger leagues when they're 22, 23. For sure, because it's not really it's it's. I mean, in term from an Irish perspective, more teenagers and more youth players, you know, playing in the Premier League, and um, you know, guys like Aaron Connolly. Uh, like Paris played a couple of games for Spurs, so Holland does give that opportunity. It is that opportunity to play uh, senior football when you're in the Premier League, where it's a lot more difficult to get through. You know, as as a teenager, um, there there is that opportunity now. So Limerick, Barry, what brought you to Limerick? I mean, I I remember um because as someone who's kind of been tracking your career, uh, you know, for a long time since probably. 2008, 2009, when I suppose the Irish media started reporting that you were eligible. Um, when I was looking through, uh, I'm actually a Bose fan, so a Bohemians fan, so I'd support, I don't know how you, feel, I don't know how you feel about that, but but I remember, um, I don't. Know, That's okay. <laughs> I'd always be checking through, you know, the lineups of other of other teams and so on. And Limerick was a team. I mean, the guys like you know, Ben Body O'Connor, you know, going over to the UK. Um, so a lot of uh, Barry Cotter as well went over was a team I kind of kept an eye on and one day I saw Barry Maguire on a team sheet and I thought well it's a kind of as you said earlier it's like a generic Irish name and then I said Jesus Christ it's uh <laughs> it's that Barry Maguire so what what brought you to to Limerick Barry uh just like I said in um in, uh, when I went to Norway I got an injury and then after that I didn't play for two two and a half years so like I was out totally had to get back into walking again and stuff like that. So I didn't play for a long time. Uh, I knew somebody there who knew uh, Tommy Barrett, the coach from from Limerick, and he asked me to come over if I wanted if I was interested in uh, playing in Ireland and uh, playing for Limerick. And I just wanted to start playing again and see how it goes. So that's uh, how I got there. And and how did you find Limerick as a as a city to live in? Certainly different from um, oh, it was really... what you were used to. Oh yeah, no, it was a different experience, but it was really nice. The team was great. We had a great team together, so they were, it made me feel at home really good. It was only the first, I'd say, couple of weeks that I had to get used to the accent and <laughs> sometimes just like just just listen a couple more times to what they were saying. But no, after a couple of weeks, I got the hang of it, and it was uh, no. Besides that, oh, it was not always only ups, but like I, I definitely had oh, a good time. Cool. Now Limerick's a good city. Did you ever go to any monster matches? Any rugby matches? No, unfortunately, I didn't. I see, I saw oh, them uh, on TV a couple of times. That's one of the times. best things about Limerick. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But uh, there were a couple of home games they played, and they were on the same day we played a game, because the 
of course, there's not that many fans in the in the Limerick Stadium. So some of the games were at the same time as the as the rugby matches or yeah. close to it. So we couldn't go to it. So that's the only no, that's the only thing I missed out on definitely that uh, that I didn't see any of the of the Munster games. You'll get an opportunity to come back. Munster came in. I'm sure you'll be you'll be open with uh, with open arms, you know, because Tomlin Park's a great place. Because Limerick Limerick played there, you know, Limerick played a few games before they went to Marcus Field. Um, in Tolman Park, so yeah, you know, I know they told me, yeah, yeah, they yeah. told me that they used to play there before. I got like, oh, I missed that one. Yeah, because it's a, it's a, it's a very iconic stadium. You know, it's probably one of the most iconic stadiums in, in Ireland, and one of the most iconic in the world in terms of rugby. Um, but look, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be back in Limerick sometime. <laughs> you know, and and I'm sure. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm still keeping in contact from with some of the guys in the team. So, uh, unfortunately, Sean Kelly just uh, moved back up north. So, but with the, I'll definitely be back sometime. Absolutely, definitely. And you're playing in Singapore now, Barry. So, another kind of obscure move. So, how, how are things there, kind of in terms of lockdown and 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 this whole um, situation? Uh, no, the circumstances here are first off. Uh, they yesterday extended the lockdown with another month, so that's not that I wasn't happy with that one. Okay. But uh, no, the the virus is not bad. It's not bad at all here. Uh, the total deaths are on twenty in total wow. over the last uh, what is it, four or five months. So no, the, uh, they took really good precautions already from the start because it's like closer to China. Uh, the facilities here are perfect, like the the medical staff and stuff like that. Everything is really well organized. So, um, yeah, no, that's really good, but they're really cautious of opening anything. So yesterday they just extended our, they said they're doing it in three phases. So phase one is starting the 1st of June because the, the lockdown wasn't till the 1st of June, but nothing is really opening until the 1st of July. And after that, they are slowly opening everything again. But it's not like, the, like I said, the, the virus is not that bad at all here because of the the good precautions that they already took when China. Yeah, they out. seem to really have have everything in order, which which is great. And compared to how we're how we're doing here, I mean, Ireland is doing pretty well. But I mean, you know, tw- twenty deaths is is. I mean, look, it's twenty lives and it's twenty people, but but it's very it's very few compared yeah. to here. I mean, we're we're fifteen hundred, I think, at this stage, and in terms of cases, we're we're. I wouldn't say through the roof, but it's it's pretty bad. And and what are you doing to keep amused? Correct me if I'm wrong, Barry, but, but were, were you and your teammates out kind of doing deliveries or something yesterday? I, I just saw on your story. Uh, yeah, because you got the, uh, a lot of the Singaporeans are Muslim and you got the Ramadan now coming on and it's fi- finishing up also on uh, the end of or tomorrow, I think the 23rd or the 24th, it's finishing up. And uh, now with the lockdown, we're already have, with the, doing some deliveries for the the poorer people in the country. Like it's uh, for the community, the, the the club is organizing that. So we're delivering some food. And now yesterday, we also did some food with uh, with some gifts in it. Wow. And uh, yeah, we brought some money together with the team. We collected some money and then we're delivering it in uh, small groups uh, with team to uh, to houses where the, the less fortunate uh, on this are. Because Singapore is a... Uh, uh, it's a wealthy country, but in every country, like you have the, the less fortunate. Absolutely. So uh, no, I think they're taking well, really well, yeah, really well uh, care of everybody here. So no, that was a uh, yeah, great cause we did, and uh, yeah, we're doing it a couple of times a week. Oh, doing fair that. play too, because I mean that that must give a, a great boost, especially for kids as well. Like, I mean, if they see footballers from from their local team rocking up with with gifts and food, it must it must give them a real lift. 
Yeah, no, yesterday, uh, uh, the only thing now with the virus then is that we couldn't play with the kids. We couldn't, we actually couldn't get into the facility, so we saw them through the window. But uh, we went to, uh, how do you call it, uh, an orphan house, like the, the kids right. there. And we brought some food, uh, some toys where they can play with and stuff like that. But the only thing was that we couldn't get into the, to the facility or to the yeah, house because, uh, yeah, because yeah, of the virus. Yeah. Well, hopefully, when when everything dies down, um, you know, you'll get you'll get to pay them a visit and and you'll get back playing. So, is there any kind of um any kind of time scale on when the league will will start back in Singapore? Are you guys on preseason or are you are are you in the middle of the season? Uh, we just played three games or yeah, four, three four games. We played three. The other team played four. Um, uh, the store we got yesterday. They were telling us that they're hoping or that they can start the league again the 20th of July. And otherwise, it's going to be the 30, 30th of July that we start again. So that's another two, two months before we can start. And then we can probably start training again the 1st of July when the when the lockdown ends. You'll probably be tired going back to training. <laughs> oh, I'm keeping busy here. I'm probably like being fitter when I get back to the training again than when, when, when I was when we were already in, in season because you can do everything. You can work on the things you wanted to work on, like get stronger or work on specific things right now because you've got the time now for it anyway. You can't yeah, do much else. Sure. Yeah, kind of, when it's the only thing you can do, I suppose, it's a good excuse because you, you hear of some footballers in, in in the Premier League and so on and they're saying, oh, we're kind of dreading <laughs> going back to training because we're going to be so tired. But it's good, it's good you've, kind of, um, you've kind of kept it up. And who knows, if you, if you, if you push on, you could be looking at an Ireland call-up. <laughs> hey, I'm always up for that. You can always call me. I think I'm, I'm especially after my, especially after my my surgery I had a couple of years ago. I think I'm physically stronger now than I was before. So, yeah, you never absolutely. know. Because I mean, Stephen Kenny's coming in as Ireland manager. I think he's going to go slightly against the grain with with different things. I think we're going to see more League of Ireland players coming in, and and he's a player that uh, you're a player rather that he would have seen play because I mean he would have been managing Dundalk while you were at Limerick so I'm I'm, I'm sure uh, if you put the feelers out or if you <laughs> if you if you let them know you're available to... I remember I, I had I, I, I no you can give him a call just text him like I, I I remember one thing I had a really good game against Dundalk so <laughs> when we played him in, in, in the cup against Limerick but no I think it's actually a really good coach because uh, I remember that game perfectly they had uh, at that time when we were playing against them Dundalk was the best team in the league but that uh when we were playing at home against them, they had a the defensive midfielder they were playing. Oh, I can't remember his name. He had a he wasn't having a he wasn't having a really good game that game. And then we were supposed to play them four days later again in the in the league. And I told our coach I got like the only thing they have to do is change their defensive midfielder, and they're going to have we're going to have a lot of problem problems with them because that was the only thing they had to change. That was the thing that kept us in the game. And sure off. Defensive midfielder didn't play the next <laughs> I think game. It was Stephen O'Donnell. He was a, a fairly solid, um, a fairly solid player. Did, did fairly well in Europe. And you play, um, you play with Connor Clifford as well, who, who who's a um, player too. Because I mean, he he gone through Chelsea and he'd have he had different moves. So you know, it's it, it's almost like I actually uh, I I do articles for Pundit Arena as well, Barry. And I I, I did one on you and Connor about. And I said this this should be Ireland's alternative central midfield partnership. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, it was only, I think Connor and me are perfect because he's more of a, uh, 
uh, like a defensive midfielder, how they play in England and stuff like that. And I'm what more comfortable on the ball and like uh, defining the play. So no, that, that would actually be a really good fit. It's not only that, uh, and we actually had a, like a really couple of good talents in the in the team, like uh, Wilfred Gerald and Carl Sullivan in the team too, like young players who are coming up in Ireland. So I think there's a, a lot of talent in Ireland playing there too. It's only that, uh, yeah, the right combination on the field wasn't always... Uh, yeah, on the field in the right way. Yeah, let, that let, was let me say that everything. way. I mean, Will is uh, kind of earmarked straight away by Stephen Kenny when he got the under twenty one job, and I think he got a call up for um for a kind of like a Ireland under twenty. But he looks Jesus. He he looks a good player. You know, he looks a really good player. And uh, Jack Jack Brady's a buddy of mine, the goalkeeper. He's gone to Shelburne, so he, he was always kind of um yeah always saying how good the the youth setup was there. And I mentioned the likes of. Chidozio Bene going over to, to Brentford and he's with Rotherham production line there in Limerick and I suppose just, just one of the last things I, I want to kind of ask you Barry like having played in the League of Ireland and I know you played in Norway and then having played in Holland like how, how do you kind of compare the League of Ireland like is it is it a league that's improving is it a league that um that would be you know on the up because I mean a lot of people here a big argument in Ireland is, is people saying because as you know a lot of people support English clubs. And in an episode I put out last week, I kind of had this, I, I kind of discussed this. So, um, like, how does it compare in, in terms of other Europeans? I mean, I know you've only played in a couple yourself, but is, is it a league that you see is run professionally, run well? Is there things that could be improved on? Um, for the year I, I was there, I think the, the biggest difference is the, the youth academies. There's not, uh, I think the under 19s at that point were only training three right. times a week. Uh, maybe, maybe four, like in a lot of the kids were in school too. Like there was no real structure in it as I, or as I was used to it in Holland. Like we're already training four times a week from the under 10s on. And they were not training like the under 19s were training three times a week or maybe two times, like when it was busy and stuff like that. Like that was almost unbelievable for me to, to hear that. And then, even the, seeing the quality of the young players, then I w- would really wanted to see if they actually would start training already, like more times a week and sticking together at the, the youth academy together with that. Because, like I said, like I've seen, I've seen some really good talents playing in the League of Ireland. Like even like with Carl and Will and our team, they they could easily be uh, playing in the in the highest league in Holland. Like they're especially. Physically, they were way stronger because everything in Holland is more yeah, football-oriented, playing with the ball, yeah. uh, the position playing, stuff yeah, like Will's that. Yeah, Will's a big, tall guy. Yeah, no, that's, like, that's their advantage. But that, yeah, but technically, they're, like, they were good too. It's only like the the technically the tactics that they have to get used to if they're playing somewhere else, and especially on a higher level. But no, there's a lot of talent in Ireland, and I can, I can understand why they are looking for the national team in Ireland themselves. They should do that. Because that's the only way you get more uh, focus on the Irish League and maybe get more supporters there, more fans, more money in the league, so they yeah, can actually. Yeah, for sure. Because it's interesting you say about the because um, I mean he's been involved in the FAI. He's now been promoted to assistant manager, and he always kind of cited the concern the youth players not training enough. Um, but yeah, I mean there there's certainly certainly a lot of talent coming through, even the likes of Gavin Bizzuno. Um, Mark Rovers keeper who went over to Manchester City, so they are going to bigger, they are going to bigger yeah. clubs, and, and, and which is fantastic to see. Barry, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Really enjoyed that. 
No, thank you for having me. I, as I said, I'm not only saying it because I'm speaking to you now, but I, I think your, I think your career and your story is just so interesting, and it's, um, it's, it's probably more interesting than some of the current Ireland internationals. <laughs> but, but as I said, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get a text <laughs> out to Stephen Kenny, and we'll see if, and we'll see if we can sort you out. <laughs> we, we'd love to, love to see you in an Irish shirt. It's, ne- it's never too. Yeah, late, let me know. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am already if uh, for the World Cup. I'm already used for the weather now because it's in Qatar. So in Singapore, it's hot too. So I'm, I, I and especially for the Irish people, I'm used to the weather here now. So well, no well, problem if it's, for me. If it's if it's something to look at, Barry Wes Houlihan got I, I think only got his second Ireland cap when he was about 31, and he went on to win 43 Ireland caps. So if that's anything to go by, who knows? I know that you never know. It's never too late, and we're doing well. Or we started good in the season now, and we if we win the league this season, we go straight into the Asian Champions League. So then maybe maybe the picture people more. You never know. And I'll promote you forever, Barry. No doubt. <laughs> Barry, absolute pleasure. Ah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> absolute pleasure to have you on, Barry. And thanks for taking the time. And always thank you. I know it's a Keep, difficult time at yeah. the moment, but um, no, enjoy talking to you, and no talk sometime in the future. Yeah, we talk soon and keep safe over there. Thanks so much. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.